Welcome back to Master Your Ash. I'm your host, Michael Frisdale, and we are live at 8 Lounge inside Resorts World Las Vegas today. Frankie Dranks, welcome back, brother. My How man. you doing, my man? So happy to be back, back in Vegas. Uh, beautiful 8 Lounge, man. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier, you yeah, know? And, uh, and we're talking about something brand new that we're kicking off uh, at TPE. And um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So, uh, but more importantly, honored to be on Master Your Ash yet again. Dude, always, always. I have something new for you with 8 Lounge and you have something new for me with Acid 20 Connecticut Shade, right? Absolutely. So we're always talking, you know, we're always talking about being on the cutting edge and trying the new mm -hmm. stuff and, and uh, seeing what works. And I think tonight you, you've got a great pairing cooking uh, with the Acid 20 Connecticut. Um, you know, this is a, we celebrated a big release of Acid 20 um, a couple years back. Uh, we're super excited about the, the direction that the blend was going into, the way that the infusion, the flavor, we had really done something that was kind of special, kind of, kind of that grown up uh, acid. And finally, um, this, this time we release a Connecticut shade version of that stick. And it's, uh, to me, it's truly special. Truly something fantastic to celebrate. A little more than 20 years of Acid, one of the most successful brands in the business. Um, kind of put Drew Estate on the map, uh, but really talked about more importantly, not, uh, not inventing infused cigars. It really was the first time that we used premium tobacco mm -hmm. in, inf in infusion-based cigars. And that changed the industry. And uh, ever since, we've been super happy to uh, to kind of lead the way and I think this is going to be just one of those bangers that people love mm -hmm. They love making the journey with Drew Estate, you know starting um, We were just talking with with Ian uh, the, the manager here and mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about um, how sometimes uh, Some people come in they don't haven't had anything and they kind of start uh, Exploring and they start that journey with uh, either a blondie or blondie bellicoso or an acid, the gateway, yeah, the, you know, a Cuba Cuba, and then they then they go from Cubas to Tabacs to to Deadwoods uh, mm -hmm. to, to Undercrowns, and and so you know the stories. It's a long journey that people take with us, and that's kind of the best. That's the best honor any company can ever receive from their customers is to have them make that journey with them. Right, hundred percent. I agree. And I uh, let's see, I did. I did an episode on the the Leather Rose um, and the Sisters, and yes. we paired that up with 818 Tequila. And then my last episode I, that I did was um, I did the Sombra Mesa Brulee Blue by Steve Saka. Mr. Saka. By Mr. Saka, who is... Uh, very familiar in the halls of Drew oh, Estate. Absolutely, yeah, right. He's, yeah, he's definitely Steve is part of our history, uh, of our progress, and and uh, we you know we we do support uh, you know Steve in that way, and and he's making great cigars as well. So uh -huh. we're super happy about that. Come on in. <laughs> oh, perfect. What a, what what perfect timing. Could not have. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for revealing our magical pairing for today, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, thank you, Savannah. So, Patron Cherry Cask, Anejo, on the, uh, on the Rock, cheers, 8 Lounge. One of the things I always like to tell people, and I think we do it almost absentmindedly, and sometimes we don't 
uh, don't take a lot of time with it. Mm. But I always tell someone, look, when you're having a cigar for a first time, different brand or different thing, take that time and take that cold draw. Yeah. Um, so you can get, you know, all that, uh, all that flavor coming through right before we hit combustion. And it's kind of a nice place to start with, uh, you know, when, when, you're, when you're trying uh, like a new stick or even a, a, a new Vitola. Mm. Just to kind of get to feel like how those essential oils are, are coming through when you're pulling air through it. So you believe in the cold draw tremendously, especially with a newer yeah, I think cigar one, that you've never had before. Right. It just gives you an opportunity to really uh, uh, to kind of taste. Uh, and if you give it some time, you know, like if you take your time with it, and we talked about that last time, really take your time with, yes. when, when, when you're enjoying, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, cold draw gives you that 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 one opportunity to kind of familiarize your palate. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, you know, you get a great dish presented in front of you, you know, and, and right before you start digging in, you know, because you got to take like one whiff of it, you mm -hmm. know, just so you get like, you start to wet your palate uh, for what's coming. Well, I always say that when tasting spirits too, it's like um, that initial taste, the first spirit that you taste out of however many you're going to taste, just throw that, you know, that's like coating the palate. That's just getting all of those senses prepared right. on the palate because initially it's gonna be shocked by alcohol anyway. So it's like that first sip, you know, is kind of like a very, it, it's a gentlemanly kind of mature sip where it's just like very like, you know, um, warming up and then everything else thereafter is kind of like the, the flavors and the full on taste profile. I was, uh, I tried that cigar for the first time in my backyard and there was something that I had read about how people were worried that he had accidentally or purposely um, hit folks with a uh, sweetened tip on the Sombra Mesa Brulee right. Blue, which has a very similar shade wrapper to it. Right. You know? Um, and it was funny because I smoked it and I tasted it and I was like, man, this is pretty close. Like I could see where even if he didn't intentionally do it, right. it's very, very close to an infused kind of stick. And then I, I made the argument, too, because I did the Pappy Van Winkle uh, video. I made the argument because Drew Estate produces the Pappy Van Winkle Barrel Fermented Family Reserve line. Right. And congratulations. That was a great episode. Thank you. Thank you. That you didn't invite me to sip along with you. <laughs> we'll, we'll take it up after this episode. But uh. I, Yeah, I mean, you know, off camera, there's, there's probably some Pappy lying around here somewhere. We, we might be able to make something happen. I'll hold you to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But uh, that was actually a great episode. And, Thank you. And you were, you were about to kind of discuss that, that Pappy cigar because not a lot of people have had it. Right. And those that have had have had, uh, it's, it's a flavor bomb because yeah. it's going many different places. Well, going back to what you said about the cold draw, I cold draw that cigar before I lit it up. And if you wanted to taste fermented tobaccos, that's, that's the cigar to cold draw for that. I mean, that is... That is fermented tobacco, like, no doubt. Right. I mean, um, we're talking about a, a doble capa. So you have, it's two wrappers on there. Mm -hmm. um, the last wrapper being that um, Kentucky fire cured uh, barrel fermented. Mm -hmm. um, that's just on that last third of the cigar. Yeah. The other half side. Right. What that does just on your lips is truly, truly amazing because mm -hmm. it just affects all the flavors because you got little bits of, you know, like, let's face it, 
You see your cigar, you got little bits of saliva that are on there, right? And you're tasting that with your with My your cigar tongue. always has a lot of bits of saliva. <laughs> I'm one of those guys that you never want to share a cigar with me. If sharing a cigar is the thing, I don't know. But I always feel um, like I over salivate on cigars. I don't know. But you know what? That's Sorry. that's actually that's one of the ways that you actually can get a lot of the flavor out of it. Because there you, go. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not advocating you know like deep throating your cigar. No, no, but, no, no, uh, no, no. But no. I I am uh, I am uh, advocating. <laughs> um, uh, the cameraman laughed. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, You're but, the guy on the couch today. Remember that. Uh, that's that's true. So uh, so listen. Um, but part of it is is getting. Um, Getting your tongue in saliva to kind of like draw some of those flavors, and and you mm-hmm. and, and it's constantly on on your lips. And um, I tell people, uh, you know, when we're giving advice, and there's a lot of old pros on Master Your Ash, and a lot of pros on Stick and Sips all the time. Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, advocate, hey, you know, if you go into the store, uh, please don't smell the cellophane. It, 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 could, it could be quite wonderful. He and said it, that in our last episode. But, uh, you know, if you can smell the foot without offending, like, you know, the order breaking all your packaging, um, and you really want a good idea of the blend, you want to get that foot. You want to smell it. And then if it's your cigar, well, smell the foot, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you can, you know, you know, I always advocate, we're always tasting the wrapper. If you really want to taste the wrapper, you know, just get, you know, like smell it. And taste it, and you'll be able to really see, like, trying to understand the complexity of wrapper in a cigar. So, um, the role of saliva is, you know, I mean, this is not the most sexiest of uh, of things that we're talking about, but it definitely um, accentuates what you taste in a cigar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, going back to the barrel fermented Drew Estate Family Reserve Apapi line, that's essentially a flavor infusion to me. And I don't, I don't have the same general opinion about flavored cigars or infused cigars, however you want to differentiate the category, as some of the other like really, oh you found your you found your first cigar, <laughs> um, as some of the other as some of the other like hoity-toity people that are a little bit too, you know, kind of um, they they're too involved in uh the mythological sense of like you should never have flavored tobacco like it exists for a reason pipe tobacco you know you can make the argument came somewhat before in the americas in a lot of ways you can make a lot of historical arguments about the flavoring of tobacco yeah for a lot of different you know for depending on what you want you know but like i I always have a golden rule man you know it's like don't don't be a douche right yeah don't be the bourbon douche don't be the Scotch douche. Don't mm-hmm. be the Mescal douche. Joey, Drew. <laughs> Joey. 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 <laughs> uh, and, and above all, don't be the cigar douche. You know? Yeah. Listen, everybody loves expertise. Share that knowledge. Share the experience. But, you know, your opinion is just one of many, many opinions. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we can always be surprised and turned on with it's like i'm you know like at one point i was not a a sun-grown fan you know it wasn't on the mm-hmm. top of my list you know and then i tried to box press cigar dojo sun-grown it changed my perception completely mm-hmm. and so you know so you learn something new every day because you put things in a box oh i don't like that but if you go back and kind of just revisit the things that you don't like and accentuate the things that you do like yeah. Um, you, you may find brand new experiences. And to me, the Pappy, 
man, that is, <laughs> that is at the top of the line. And, you know, a lot of people that I'm not a, not a Kentucky fire cure guy. I'm not an infused guy. I'm just, they try that stick and they go like, oh my God, man, that kind of just blew my mind. I'm like, yes, yeah, look what you're missing. Wild. Look what you're missing. It's wild. You know? And, uh, and it's one, definitely one of my favorite cigars just because of the process. Probably, you know, short of the, you know, we were just talking about Lanceros the other day, right? Because that's Lanceros are my favorite size, period. That's it. You mm-hmm. know? Lanceros, Lonsdale, Willie Herrera, we love you, man. That's your best, you know, it's your, it's your best role. And, and he goes, this is my base role. Mm-hmm. I go from here. Scale it. And then go upward. Yeah. And so... I love that. You know, that, that is a, a, a cigar Vitola that's still, still not appreciated. You mm-hmm. know, people feel that they're not getting enough tobacco. And, I'm, and I, I, I got to tell people, man, you are getting more wrapper in your blend on a, on a slender cigar than you could ever imagine. And the flavor is just amazing. And mm-hmm. they smoke wonderful. Um, but going back to that was um, finding that like uh, the complexity just to get all the tobacco and the process to make just that last one third piece that goes in there, the process to make Kentucky fire cured tobacco is one of the most labor intensive processes. And you realize, wow. And then you do, uh, so we take that, we take it down to uh, St. James Parish we, we put that in a barrel versus a pilon, right? We still do the hands, but the hands are going inside of a barrel. Right. Uh, they're going under 500 pounds of pressure. We're putting 500 pounds and of And that's tobacco. water pressure. Yeah, we're pressing down on that and it's creating um, the environment for fermentation and heat to mm-hmm. happen. So this, the, the, you know, what JD likes to call the grasa, which is the essential oils in there start to like, they start to boil, you know, so it's, you get that in tar that starts to leak out of it, you know, and very similar to in the tequila process, when you're fermenting on the actual agave fibers and you have bagasse yeah. on top. And that is, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the remnant and, uh, you know, shout out to the people that have been on uh, our barn smokers uh, in Louisiana. And, uh, you know, that uh, we told them, you know, and farmer out there was just saying, hey, don't uh, the people go, can, can we taste that? And like, you don't want to taste that. It looks no. like crude oil. And, <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, and it'll make you like loopy. Uh, and I'm telling you, so people did it. So uh, it was probably like blinding uh, menthol kind <laughs> of compounds and stuff know? that you want, like completely gone after distillation and stuff. But you go through that process, which is about could be an independent two-year process depending on ambient temperature and etc mm-hmm. then that tobacco gets cleaned up shipped to nicaragua and aged additionally mm. and then they'll make that cigar then we're ready to go and then so and that's for the wrapper right that's for one third of the wrapper that's for one third of the wrapper after you get past that band right and so, you know, and it's not a big band. Like this is a pretty decent sized yeah. band. That's not, that's not a big band. Like you got, <laughs> but just that process of making that. And that's kind of like it's one wild. of the most, uh, and it's got a very interesting blend, um, you know, that we take inside of it. It's kind of a traditional blend, but there's, you know, 
you know, when we're talking about how a, a bonchero or rolero is making a, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like that little fold back of leaf and the little placement of leaf right at its right point. The right. master blender is kind of like. The lajero's going here, yes. the viso's going here, the seco's going there, this, that, or the other, you know, piloto or habano or whatever right. it is, like where it's, where it all fits in the blend. And then that's what eventually kind of creates that transition that we as like people reviewing and like the talking heads go, oh, so I got this on the second third and it moved into this mm -hmm. on the third third. Or it could be something to where like, hey, there was more of this present. Right. I got more chocolatey notes on the... Say, right. And it's like, well, that, that happens not by happenstance. It's, it's, it's engineered actually, that it's way. It's engineered that way. Uh, as best as you can engineer wrapping a bunch of leaves to kind of approximate <laughs> like them down where, together. Uh, you know, where they fold huh. back and, you know, and, and that's kind of the beauty of a cigar, knowing that it, it is a natural product that we are, uh, we're trying to emulate every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I mean, you know, thank goodness for automated um, uh, distilling practices in the U.S., meaning mm -hmm. that, you know, your maker's mark is going to take like maker's mark from now until eternity, yep. you know? Uh, yep. chromatic, chromatograph, you know, <laughs> chromatograph. That'll, that'll get us to make sure that our master blenders are never making a mistake. Exactly. Never. But we, we ain't got no chromatograph. There's <laughs> no cigar company I know has got, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe RJ Reynolds is cigarettes, but uh, other than that, right, right. you know, uh, there's no chromatograph for a, a, a hand rolled cigar. No, there isn't. And I mean, like it goes down to everything too, because you can, you can do all of those things. And then you can ship it in a cedar box that has a little bit more lacquering on the top of it. And then that infuses into the cigar that the person who's buying the box has to then take out of the box and try to remove over the course of the next six months. Which was another thing that I had happen to me with a very like prominent cigar brand. Now they make a lot of cigars. Every now and then they throw them into a nice lacquer box. Every now and then you get some of that like extra paint fume that kind of seeps into the sticks and it's like, well, got to take these out, rest them for a little bit. And it's like everything yeah. is a handmade process and everything is uh, absolutely, you yeah. know, and you know, and that box, I mean, the, 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 the major, the major thing when you're watching, like if, if you go down to Safari, you know, back when we were doing them and uh, or any factory, the box process. Um, they're measuring humidity on all parts of that box. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got a humidity uh, oh, hygrometer that's, che that's checking uh, the humidity because if you're too dry, guess where it's going to come from? It's going to come from that cigar. And if it's right. too wet, you're going to may have some issues later with that cigar. So there's a lot of care that goes into the box manufacturing and you can imagine if it was a one week advance where the paint didn't dry mm -hmm. completely and they put cigars in it, of course it's gonna affect it. So everything from, you know, uh, maybe that leaf isn't ready, but hey man, we've gotta hit numbers like anything else. So guess what, you know, hey, take those primings. Send it out. Get the primings because we have to meet deadlines and stuff. And right. And for, for us in any other company, um, it's hard. It's hard to maintain uh, those, uh, those schedules. And the best thing that we can do is like, look, 
you got to choose one. You got to choose quality or quantity. Mm-hmm. And if you choose quality, understand that there's going to be times where guys are going to say, um, I don't have my Liga. Right. What can you do, man? <laughs> it, it's our flagship. Um, we try to, you know, we're not going to cut any corners in the production of, of Liga or any other cigar. Right. So part of that is all, do, all good things in due time. Yeah, you can never rush the hands of time, supply well, you chain, shouldn't. Yeah. you know, all of that. So just on going back to this particular Connecticut Shade 20th anniversary line, the original blend for the 20th anniversary line, that featured the, um, which wrapper on that? That sh- should have been our San Andreas uh, Octopan wrapper. Mm-hmm. Because that, so that particular tobacco, as far as a wrapper goes, is usually like, at, at least for a while, was right up, you know, my alley. Um, I've smoked a lot of stuff now. I know that um, Wildfire Scar Company, a couple of other companies started to migrate to a lot more of the Ecuadorian Habano wrappers. That mm. seems to be like one that's just on fire growing right now. Um, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we've had one of our, you know, our, our own master blender, Willie Herrera, mm-hmm. um, who's really well known. Uh, but Her- Willie Herrera's flagship line has been used in Ecuadorian Habano for years. And it's, yep. you know, like, and to see it catch fire, yep. like now it's like, you know what, man? He was on something really good. He was. It's great quality tobacco. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I, I find like whatever you know we're we're coming up with as far as product from Ecuador, especially the Habano, fantastic. I, I've said on multiple occasions on the show, like if I was to bring a cigar into this world tomorrow, part of me would want to do it. I, as much as I love San Andres wrapper, love it, like smoke it all the time. I would like the first cigar, I think, that I made to be Ecuadorian Habano. I just think that the approachability, the fact that you can pair that with so such a wide variety of stuff, I mean, like, it's really, it's super duper approachable. The quality that's being produced right now is so high. And I mean, Willie's, Willie obviously has his sources. So, you know, he was probably smoking it 10 years ago going, hey, you know, I'm going to bring this to market. And sometimes it, ta- it takes, it, t- it could take, I'm not saying it's 10 years, per- but sure. it could take 10 years. I mean, because sure. there is that, uh, you know, one season of you grow it, right? Or you buy it from the farmer, you test it, you let it rest. That could be a year process, right? There could be some additional additional things that you may want to do during the fermentation process that require you to uh, say, you know, look, we need, we need one more month. We mm-hmm. need, you know, a little more time. And then after the fermentation, then we want to let it rest. And we want that to rest for two years. And, you know, at two years, you, you, you test it and you go, another year be really good. Six months be really good. And then you find out that sweet spot. And then with that sweet spot, you know, by the time that you're done and everything, it's like, and then it goes, we're going to do our rolls and then we're going to figure out 
forecast what it's like in, in the aging room. Mm -hmm. And then by the time that you actually have like the final, final product, man, five years could, could have elapsed easily. Yep. So for us, um, for Willie to have the flagship as, as his Herrera Esteli Habano has always been a, a point of pride. And like I told you, that's the Herrera Esteli Habano uh, Lancero. That's, that's my jam. Because mm -hmm. it's just so freaking good. Yeah, and we've had, we've, we've had the Lonsdale on the show, you know, specifically because of the fact that I am a huge fan of the Lonsdale and the Lancero format, as you well know. And, I mean, that was probably one of Sokka's major works when he was with Drew Estate Absolutely. was the Lancero, specifically, yeah. on, the, on the legal line, right? Absolutely, so, the L40. So if L40. guys can find an L40, I mean, an L40 is kind of like, you know, a lot of guys get scared off a little bit by, by the price tag of sure. an L40. Uh, but if you find them, give it a try, you know, like anything else. Give it that, that experience. And what you're going to really find there is kind of a study in Connecticut River Valley Broadleaf. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to know what, what that's all about, um, you're going to be so pleasantly surprised. I also think that that's the only one really that Sokka even makes or that Sokka's ever made because he's just not a fan of the format. On, on like the flip side of the right. Willy coin, you know, like it's it's really funny how that goes, you know, like Booth's been on the show. Booth isn't really, you know, he doesn't do a ton of Lancero. So it, it's very interesting just the difference between master yeah, and, blenders and, yeah, and preferences. Yeah, there's it's, it's all a matter of, of preferences. And, you know, I always go back and, and add a little bit of history uh, with it that, uh, you know, uh, Lancero's always been in uh, in Cuban culture's been the uh, gentleman cigar. Yeah, you know uh, the long panatella. The long panatella, and because it, it re really requires a a really deft touch when it comes to the blender mm -hmm. to be able to blend the ideal flavorings of that cigar, the what you want, all the boxes you want to check off in such a small format. Yeah. And, and that's a very hard task, you know, and then, you know, contrary to proper belief, it's not rolled on the inner thighs of uh, Cuban uh, the virgins. Women. Yes. Uh, <laughs> more importantly, it's rolled on, uh, you know, people with really deft hands and know how to blend a cigar sure. and make something uh, beautiful over a long format, mm -hmm. you know, and in a, as a long format cigar uh, with a small ring gauge and trying to get all those flavors all at the same time and that requires a lot of skill and those are the uh roletos boncheros that are that are uber skilled you know right. they you know it's like they use the best of the best for those specific cigars so it's not like the whole factory is making every single cigar there's groups of teams of people that specialize in certain things and the more complex a cigar is uh the more valuable the prime material is the more skilled the worker that that's that's doing it mm -hmm.